Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to episode 31 of Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. This particular episode, we pull from the Grow Your 1099 series I'm doing with Josh Jones on how to actually grow your business, how as a salesperson, particularly a director, direct order salesperson, you can do a better job at close more business. We have Adam McClellan, who is got an amazing individual, and he's talking about leadership. He's talking about being humble. When asked the question, Adam, how do you actually define success? What makes a more successful person? He gave a, a brilliant response. Be humble. Be someone others want to emulate and look for opportunities to add value to people's lives. Anyhow, if you want to listen to the rest of Adam's show, please listen here or click on the button below and subscribe to us if you like what you're, what you're seeing and hearing and certainly share with your friends. Thanks. Take care. Bye now. Hi, Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy at AHA That, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your 1099 with Josh Jones. Morning, everyone, or actually good afternoon. I, uh, I say good morning. I just flew in on a red eye last night with three kids, and so... Oh, so it, it's, it it's feels, probably still it feels yesterday. Like morning. <laughs> it feels like morning. Um, I'm, I'm super excited today to have uh, one of our guests on the show. His name is Adam McClellan, and... So the name of the show is Grow Your 1099, and I feel like Adam is somebody who, for me personally, has helped me grow my income, grow my 1099 more than anybody um, I know, um, more than a lot of people I know. He's, he's had a huge impact. Um, Dude, that's, one... who, wait, who doesn't want to get to know Adam? Adam, I want, I want to get to know you. I want you to grow my 1099 too, buddy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Adam, Adam has had a tremendous impact on my life. I remember it was not, even, not, not quite a year ago, maybe a year in June or July. He said one thing in a training that I, I think he may have thought it was just a very like simple thing that he said. He's like, this is something that I do and this has made me more successful. Um, and it was just the way that you schedule return appointments with customers. And when he said that, I took exactly what he said, I did it, and I saw immediate, an immediate increase in my results, and the second half of 2017 for me was way better than the first half, just by, just by listening to Adam. Are we going to hear what that is? <laughs> well, it, what we were doing at that time was initially you would meet with the customer, and then when you would get a design back, you would then try to track down the customer and, and meet with them. And you rarely ever were able to meet with the customer. Well, not rarely. It was, it was just, it was just half of your job. It felt like trying to track down customers. And Adam simply said, and I, this, this was just mind blowing to me because I, I, I never even thought of it. It was um, scheduled a return appointment with them right there. Even if you didn't know you were going to get a design back, um, mm. set a, set a timeout. And it, it was almost like, I felt like faking it till you make it. And in most cases, um, I never had to reschedule an appointment and it just, it worked out 
phenomenally. Oh, that's Absolutely beautiful. Phenomenally. So yeah, that, that changed, changed my income. But um, so Adam is the uh, regional vice president or the RVP of the East Coast for Vivint Solar multi-billion dollar company. And so he's, he and uh, a couple of other guys um, basically run half of the sales force for Vivint Solar, which is, is pretty incredible. And so um, Adam, um, I just, uh, to, get, to get started, I wanna hear a little bit more about um, your past and your history. And one of the things we've noticed with a lot of people who come onto this show is there was some kind of a turning point in their life where they noticed this, this path towards success. And so just looking back in your life, what were some things that you've seen that, what was a, a moment in your life where you saw that you shifted directions and started heading to, to where you are right now? Hmm. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on guys. I really appreciate the time and um, I'm, I'm uh, honored to be on your show. So I really appreciate it. And hopefully, um, you know, I can add some value to your show and, and, uh, um, anyway, I'm excited to be here. So in terms of, I guess, kind of what led me to this point, um, it's tough to pinpoint, you know, any one thing, I think, you know, your life is sort of this combination of experiences that lead you to, you know, kind of where you're currently at. But I would say for me, um, you know, early on in life, uh, you know, through when I was growing up, um, I was, you know, born into just kind of your, your average suburban middle-class, you know, uh, family in, uh, Salt Lake city, Utah, a little town called Sandy, Utah, um, which is just outside of Salt Lake. And, and anyway, I was always, you know, excelled at athletics and, um, you know, I always had a ton of friends and all that kind of good stuff. And when I was probably 14, you know, 13, 14 years old, uh, my dad um, got addicted to pain medication, and then he kind of escalated to a pretty serious drug addiction um, and, uh, you know, became an alcoholic, uh, was addicted to heroin and meth and all kinds of stuff. So throughout my, my high school years, um, you know, we lost our house. Uh, you know, we moved into a dumpy apartment in a, in a you know, kind of a bad part of town. And it was all my mom could do just to kind of stay afloat. So uh, it was me. Um, I had an older brother, but he actually kind of at the height of our family issues, my older brother uh, was doing a two-year service mission for the Mormon church. And so he was kind of gone during like the height of our kind of my dad's drug addiction and all that kind of stuff. And then I have younger brothers that are twins that are 10 years younger than me. So when I was 16, they were six. Um, so we moved into this little apartment to me and my mom, my little brothers. And there was a, a period of time throughout high school um, where, you know, I don't remember seeing my dad for months at a time, sometimes uh, probably over a year. Um, I know he spent time in and out of jail. Uh, you know, there was just these moments where um, he was kind of gone. And I think that was a real turning point for me because, you know, growing up, you know, age zero through you know, 13, um, I thought we had it pretty good. I mean, I loved where I grew up. I had a ton of friends in my neighborhood and, and, um, 
you know, it was like your textbook just kind of growing up. And then our world got flipped upside down in a matter of a couple months in a year. And so what happened is luckily I had really good friends and um, I had some really good role models around me in terms of my friends, parents, moms, dads, whatever. And, uh, and, you know, my mom just kind of did the best she could, but she, you know, she, um, you know, also, you know, all the dirty laundry of your parents' marriage sort of starts coming out when that kind of stuff's going on. So there was some resentment I had toward her as well. And, um, you know, so I spent a lot of my time at friends' houses and luckily I had some really good examples and friends and some really successful, uh, you know, friends, parents that, um, whenever I was at their house, I would kind of say, you know, this just feels different than my house. And this is what I want when I grow up. Like, this is what I'm going to have mm. when I grow up. And so I made some decisions early on in high school that, um, you know, whatever was going on at my house with my personal life, that had zero to do with where I was going to end up. Um, you know, I was never going to allow, you know, my dad's decisions in life, my mom's decisions in life to impact where I was going to end up. And so I never allowed it to be an excuse. Um, I always got really good grades, even in high school. You know, I mean, imagine, you know, your dad showing up randomly to your football games with a, you know, with an ankle bracelet on his ankle because um, he's on house arrest or whatever. And, you know, I'm still maintaining a 3.8 GPA throughout high school and still, you know, maintaining my, you know, athletics and all that kind of stuff. So I just never allowed that kind of stuff to like be an excuse for me. And um, it really was a motivator that I, I had something just so close and personal that was a constant reminder of what I didn't want to become. And mm. so, um, and so that was probably the thing that really drove me to just have this sort of relentless chip on my shoulder that no matter where I've gotten to um, in life so far, and even today, uh, it just never, to me, it just never feels like I'm even close to where I want to be. And that includes right now. I mean, I just, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything yet. Like I'm like, Hey, this is great, but, um, you're nowhere near what your goals are. So, wow. So anyway, that's kind of the first thing. Um, so can I keep that point? I just, I want to stop just to take a small breath because I'm still trying to absorb what you just said. And I just want to say, holy cow, that was to be able to take the world you grew up in and turn that into a motivator for the type of success you have to see the pedestal. If you don't mind me saying this, Josh, that Josh puts you in Adam and for you to say, you're not even <laughs> you're still working on it. Just so every now and then, Adam, I'd sit back and say, Hey, you know, life is good and I'm happy. Right. Yeah. And, but I, dude, this is uh, amazing to hear. And I uh, thank you for sharing. So please go on. I just want, had to stop because I needed to get that out that I'm so impressed and honored to be having you on this show. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I just, I think, um, it's not that I don't stop to smell the roses every now and again. I, I do, but, uh, I will say probably for better or worse, it's pretty few and far between. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm not generally, a, I would actually say describe myself. I'm generally a pretty happy person. 
And I think um, a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, the experiences I had growing up, it tends to give you a different perspective on life. And, you know, I've seen what it, what it's like to lose everything as a family and, you know, not to, and and I've told this story before and, you know, conferences and things like that, but, uh, you know, I'll be the first one to say, um, there are hundreds and thousands of people out there that have had it way worse than I had it growing up. And so when, anytime I kind of share this stuff, it's not to garner any sympathy or any, you know, woe is me kind of thing. But, um, I, I think everyone's experience is kind of shaped what you become. Right. So, um, and I can remember specifically, you know, my mom sending me down to, uh, you know, in Salt Lake, you know, I grew up in the Mormon church and then the Mormon church, they have what they call the Bishop's warehouse. And it's basically the church's own sort of in-house welfare system. And, um, you know, my mom had met with the church leaders and said, Hey, like we, you know, we don't have any money for groceries for, you know, basic stuff. And so, um, you know, you could kind of like, my mom would have a list that she would check off, you know, certain things. Um, and then she would submit it to the church leadership and say, Hey, can we, you know, can we get this stuff? And, um, and then she would send me down to what they call the Bishop's warehouse to go basically, um, you know, pick up what was on the list. And I can remember, um, like fudging the numbers to get like an extra chocolate milk and like stuff like that, like on the list, like I would, you know, I'd change like the one into a three or like a two or whatever. So I could get like an extra chocolate milk or just something. Um, but you know, in, in the Salt Lake Valley, they have what's called um, the DI and that's, it's called Deseret Industries. And that's basically, um, all the church members out there donate all their old stuff to the DI and then the, and then the DI resells it like a shirt for a buck or whatever. Right. It's like a, like a charity shop kind of thing. So like the shampoo and the soaps and all that stuff we had was all, um, like DI branded stuff. So as a, as a teenager, when image is something that's a big deal, right. When you're in high school or whatever, um, you know, I was washing my hair with DI shampoo, which is like the lowest of the low. So, um, anyway, point of the story is I think all that stuff has given me a different perspective on the way I sort of approach life and just, um, I don't get too worked up when I see things going wrong. Um, I don't really get stressed out by a whole lot. Um, it takes a lot to kind of get me worked up. And I think sometimes that's mistaken for being boring or just kind of, you know, feeling indifferent toward things. I just, it just takes a lot for me to kind of get worked up about stuff. And so maybe that's served me well over the years. I don't know, but anyway, so I would say that's kind of what's um, kind of shaped who, you know, what's kind of, you know, help me kind of get to where I'm at. But, um, but I've definitely made plenty of mistakes along the way and not having sort of that fatherly role model. Uh, I've made a bunch of mistakes throughout my business career that have also, you know, definitely helped me, you know, in the current position I'm in now. So anyway, I'm happy to share any of that stuff, but I don't know if you guys want to shift gears or what do you guys want to talk about? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I just listening to you, Adam, I, I feel like there are just so many nuggets for everybody listening on this show. And one of the thoughts that I was having, this is, this is something that I, I wrote about, um, in my, in my book was, um, basically there's these times of desperation 
where you end up having a lot more creativity, a lot more, well, in desperation, it really starts to drive you and it really changes your focus a lot of the time. If you look at a lot of the recessions that we've had in the country, so like 2008, when there were so many people that just lost everything, um, there's two ways you can, you can take that, that pain and that frustration, that struggle. One is you can come out better or you can come out worse. Um, mo I, don't, I don't know anybody that just kind of stays the same through any kind of um, a, a trial or a, or a struggle like that. And it sounds like from, from that experience, you definitely came out a better person on the other side when it would have been pretty easy to you know, be like, woe is me, my life sucks, and just kind of you know, go down that, that path. So it's, it's just really neat to see the, that um, you consciously chose, you know what, I'm not gonna be a victim of my circumstances. Instead, I'm gonna create my own, my own future. And uh, it's just, it's neat to see that. But throughout, one of the other things I mentioned to you that I, I wanted to ask you about, um, so you've had a lot of leadership experience throughout your, your career. You've, you said you've managed um, teams in, in different industries and you've also, in your current role, you, you lead half of the country for a multi-billion dollar company. Um, I wanted to know if, um, if you could put down three to five just top leadership um, qualities or attributes that you've gained from personal experiences, what, what would you say they would be? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I, you know, we talked on the phone uh, last night and I was kind of thinking about this question. And um, I would say I've learned the hard way to, uh, to be humble. Um, I remember uh, I heard, and I'm not an overly religious person. Anyone that knows me knows I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging about it, but I'm just not sort of an over, uh, a very religious person. But, uh, I do believe that you can either be humble or God will humble you. And, um, I've seen it, it does, you know, several times in my life where I haven't been humble and, it's not like one of those things where you, you know, you do, you do a specific action and then God immediately, it's not like the instant karma kind of thing, but it's the way you're living your life is sort of leading up to this downfall. And, um, you know, probably 10 years ago, um, I was just living my life in a way that just wasn't humble. Um, every, every chance I had to make a decision to, to buy more things to, you know, double down on, you know, spending more money on a bigger house or just whatever. Like I was making those types of dumb decisions. And then of course, as you mentioned earlier, the housing market crashed and uh, that was a very humbling experience for me. And that was probably um, the very first time in my career where I hadn't just hit a home run uh, or, you know, everything I touched seemed to be turning to gold. And then all of a sudden I, you know, I extended myself a little bit too much on a house um, and, uh, you know, a, a sort of a confluence of other decisions and events that happened. Um, I ended up having a short sell home, um, ended up switching companies and really just had to start over and was back like square one, like lost everything I'd built up. And 
the good news is, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I've sort of been through like that ringer before early in my life. And so I didn't really like, you know, yeah, it was frustrating and it was a little bit depressing, but I just thought, you know what, I've climbed out of this type of thing before I'm going to do it again. And you know, I, I know what I got to do. So anyway, long story short, I would say first thing is uh, you've got to be humble and just realize that um, all this stuff can be taken away in a matter of months, if not weeks, if not days and uh, just be grateful for what you have. I think if you, if you, if you don't show gratitude toward the people that you're working with, toward the people that work for you, that you work for, um, then, uh, then, uh, I, my wife always calls it the invisible hand. Um, the invisible hand has a way of course correcting, uh, life. If, if, uh, if you, if you know, if you get out of whack. So anyway, so I would say that's kind of the first thing. Um, next in our job, um, it's interesting because the type of people that we tend to recruit to come work with us, uh, you know, our, our biggest demographic is kind of that 25 to 35 year old male. And so for me, um, you know, that's, that's our, that's kind of the arena that I play in. And, and yeah, we have people that are older than that. We have a lot of females uh, or women that work with us as well that are outstanding. Um, but probably 80 to 90% of the people that work with us are that 25 to 35, you know, male demographic. So uh, I remember I met with a guy named Todd Peterson, who's actually the CEO of Vivint Inc. And Todd is like really buff, good looking dude, really charismatic, um, you know, obviously very financially stable. And I remember my wife and I had met with him one time. He was trying to recruit me years ago to come work with him. And she just said, the reason that Todd is such a good recruiter is he is who every guy wishes they were. And, um, and that's something that really stuck with me. And I just thought, you know what, there's a little bit of, um, uh, unfortunately in our industry, um, things like a flashy car, um, will impress the 20, the average 26 year old guy, right? Um, being, you know, buff will impress the 28 year old, the average 28 year old guy or whatever. So, um, so for me, just some of the, like the actual, you know, leadership qualities is just something I think about is, you know, am I someone that somebody can look at or me and say, that's a guy that I want to kind of become like, that's a guy I want to hitch my wagon to. If I just stick with Adam, he's going to, it's like the Geico, uh, the Geico money tree guy. That's like riding the motorcycle and the money's just falling off of him. I'm like, I want people to view me that way. Like if they just follow me, they're going to catch money. They're going to catch success. Um, and so, uh, am I perfect at it? Obviously not, but, um, I try to live in a way that, you know, people can meet, meet me and say, you know, that's someone that's impressive. That's someone who I want to, you know, hitch my wagon to. So, um, which it's interesting because the first one, the be humble. And then the second one, they can almost be at odds sometimes, right? Where, uh, uh <laughs> you're like, you know, am I making sure my biceps are big enough right now when I go meet this dude? Um, 
and I don't ever think that, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, there's a little bit of like caveman mentality to our industry where it's like, if you're the biggest and the baddest and the best, then people will follow you. So, um, so anyway, there's a little bit of that, but, um, so I would just, you know, I would just say, you know, I try to be humble. I try to just be grateful for what I have. And, um, and then uh, I try to be, you know, someone that people can try to emulate. And then the last thing is, um, I just look for opportunities to add value to people's lives. So if, if I can mm-hmm. see someone who's struggling, if I see someone who I think I can, you know, give a couple pointers to, um, and I don't, I don't ever expect anything in return. Um, it's just, if I can help someone out and I can add value to someone's life, then, you know, when I'm walking, you know, when I'm on this journey, I'm going to look back and there's going to be people behind me following me rather than being by myself. So, um, I just try to add as much value to people as I can and, uh, you know, hope it helps. Wow. So be humble, be someone people want to emulate and then do everything you can to add value to people's lives. I'd say that's probably it, yeah. I think that is leadership in a nutshell, and that is just really simple. I think that right there, one of the the superpowers that I I said that you have is this charisma, and that that right there makes me think of, of number two, the second one where you said, you know, are my biceps big enough? And it's like, you, you have this, this persona where it seriously is. I think every, every person who meets you in, again, in my demographic has like this man crush on you where they're like, I want to be like Adam, like he's a stuck. And uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think a lot of people just want to, like you said, hitch, hitch their wagon to you um, because they have that desire to, um, to emulate you. Dude, I want to be your friend. <laughs> We're already friends, man. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so. Nice. Got you. So, so just so you know, guys, that was 25 minutes. Did that go fast or what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I, isolated for an hour. So I'll go as long as you guys want to go. Oh, I, I hear you. But Josh, you want to close it at 30 minutes, right? You, you want yeah, to 30, 30 minutes is probably best. So, um, so Adam, I, what I want to say is, so I'm in, I'm in man crush too. So, so I, I'd like to go for an hour so we can talk afterwards, but we should, for everyone on the line, we should make sure that we, let's do it. <laughs> we close appropriately. Josh, how about, how about you start the wrap up? And by the way, you could start the wrap up by saying why you cut off your grizzly Adam's beard and your hair. <laughs> freaking awesome. Um, you guys, you guys made fun of me last time. <laughs> you look good. It was, it was, it was getting unruly. I had a Britney Spears moment and I just had to get rid of it. My uh, hair on top of my head was getting too long too. So I just, uh, again, needed to, well, I needed to look more like Adam. <laughs> Um, but okay. So, um, just to give you the, uh, the wrap up, the summary of, of just kind of where, what, what a lot of the biggest takeaways were for me, um, when you're in this moment of, of desperation, don't see it as a bad thing. Um, as you can see from Adam two two separate experiences where 
um, just could have been one of the lowest moments or probably they probably were some of the lowest moments in your life. Um, you had that attitude of, I, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to shape my future. This is my past and my future is going to be better than, than where I'm at right now. And it almost seems like in those moments when you're at an all time low, um, that the only way to go, um, is, is up. Um, so that, that was the, the biggest, um, I think the biggest takeaway from this show is, is don't let your circumstances, um, determine your future. Don't let them control your attitude. Um, the next, uh, uh, three, three nuggets of just leadership. And I think that it goes into any kind of sales or any kind of personal development and growth are, um, be humble, be grateful for what you have. And like Adam said, if you don't humble yourself, circumstances, God, whatever it is, will humble you. Um, then try to be who people want to be. Um, be someone people want to emulate. Just strive for, um, strive to be um, admirable, um, which is, I don't know, it's, it's, I would say, like looking at Adam and just the interaction he has with his kids, be the kind of person who your kids look up to. And, um, and I've, I've seen that just in my interactions with Adam that his kids really look up to him. And then the third thing was, um, uh, be humble, be someone people want to be like, and then oh, help others, help others. Yeah. So have, have your mission, um, to be, to build value in people's lives. And when you have that, that authenticity and, um, that intent, of really trying to, to do what's, what's the best for people. They will see that they will recognize that. And they'll again, want to be like you want to work with you. And, and you're going to, I mean, you're going to make the world a better place all around. And so Adam, the, the last thing we wanted to ask you is what, what didn't we ask you that we should have? What, what would you want to share with everybody that you didn't get to? Um, I think, uh, leadership is a, is a hard thing, um, because it's something that always evolves. I mean, it's just you, uh, just when I think I have it figured out, um, you know, one of my, one of my best sales reps will leave me or, uh, go work for another company or, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, man, I thought I had this figure, you know, this thing figured out. And usually, um, it comes down to relationships if, if, you know, and trust. So it's like, if, if, if your guys feel like you, they can trust you, the people in your life feel like they can trust you, then, uh, they tend to stick with you. And I know I've had some real, I've been really, really fortunate to have some really, really good mentors. And these are guys that I trust, um, implicitly. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, they've ever broken the trust before, maybe, but uh, I don't view it as like a one strike you're out kind of thing. Um, as long as I understand their intention, as long as I understand, you know, where they're coming from, um, then usually it's something where I'm like, you know, I can, I can, I can live with this. Um, and so I just try to, to have that same sort of mentality with the people that I work with, you know, the people that I work for, um, you know, my, my sales reps, the guys that I manage, um, they're my customers. And so, uh, I've got to provide them with an excellent service and an excellent experience. 
Um, otherwise they're going to find a new, you know, person to go work with. So, um, so it's a constant, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you just can't ever get complacent. And, uh, so if I, if I had to say there's one uh, sort of fatal flaw I see leaders make, uh, is they get complacent with their position or their job and they start thinking that, you know, something they did six months ago, uh, is enough to, you know, have their credibility built or, you know, something they did a year ago is something that they should be able to, you know, um, kind of hang their hat on for a while. And my mentality is I got to earn my job every day and I have to earn everybody's respect every day. And especially in a, in a field like direct sales, that's just so intense. Nobody wants a, nobody wants a, a couch quarterback as their boss. I mean, people want to see you out working. Um, and even though I'm, you know, the vice president of the East coast, um, I go out and I sell, I went out and knocked a door yesterday and sold the first door I knocked in. And it's an exhilarating experience that I love doing anyway. But more importantly for me, I need all my guys to see that I'm out willing to grind with them. So I think, um, you know, maybe last, uh, last thing I would just say, if you're in a leadership role is you can't ever be above being willing to go grind with your dudes. And, um, and that's a, a, an easy way to make sure you can always have their respect. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Adam, how do people reach out to you if they're, if they, if they want to, if they want to connect? Uh, probably, e I mean, just the random, uh, probably just my Instagram account is really easy. It's just at McClellan underscore Adam. Um, it's a really easy way. And then my email is just McClellan dot Adam at Gmail. Um, or, you know, I have my work accounts, whatever, but I mean, just from if, on a social media standpoint, maybe you can find me on Facebook. Um, but Instagram is probably easiest. So I don't have a Twitter account. I actually do have a Twitter account when I'm ever on it. I need to get better at social media. <laughs> but we can help you on that. <laughs> so we, uh, one of the things that we have, and, and at some point in China, I'm sure Josh will include uh, some of the comments from this particular session. Uh, we have a social media enabled ebook platform. So ahathat.com. So if you're looking for content to share, we have 44, it's free to use, free to share. And we have 44,000 uh, aha messages. And, and in this particular show, Adam, you shared, uh, Joshua's counting at least six or seven. I think if we step back, there's, there's probably about, uh, 30 or 40 aha messages that you shared in this show. So any one of them could be uh, at some point in time in, in the episode and for other people to share. So I, uh, I mean, even, even the last one I'm thinking about is you're never above either, And I'll, I'll add to it. You're never above your peers or those that work for you. And your, your job is to show that you're as humble as they are and you could get down in the grind and do what they do. And I, I, uh, it's helped me so much when I started practicing things like that. So it's absolutely beautiful. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Uh, Josh, how do people reach you? Um, actually I just started using an Instagram account, but it's not the best way to reach me. <laughs> um, best way to reach me would be, uh, Facebook or, uh, personal email address is Joshua Hutchins Jones at gmail.com. Um, we're always looking for people to work with us, especially at, at my company. 
incredible opportunity, amazing experience. And uh, we have leaders like Adam who are people who um, you want to be like and who can get down and, and grind with you. So, um, yeah. Um, but um, with that, though, so um, this has been an awesome episode. Adam, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Um, I think everybody's super impressed by um, just the, the leadership experience that you have and also by um, just the wisdom that you've gained, you've gained along the way. So thank you so much for being on the show and thank you so much, everybody, for, for yeah, joining. Really appreciate it. Just one last thing, excuse me, Josh, for cutting off. So uh, I'm Mitchell Levy, so um, feel free to just Google Mitchell Levy and connect to me on the social platform that's relevant for you. So whether that's LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snap, or Google+, I think that does it. Um, it's really what I think to relate to what you said, um, I want to be at the place that my prospects are at or my customers are at. So if, if that's the place that you play, then I'll meet you there and we'll talk there. You know, once again, thanks for joining us. Um, I put in a link to, uh, uh we have some great comments. Uh, Lynn, I don't know, Bick, B-Y-K, Adam, how do you pronounce that last name? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, or, or Josh, how about you? All right, so Lynn Bick, anyhow, if I pronounced it right, great feedback. Uh, we'll look at, uh, take a look at Facebook and we'll see that there. I put a link in the site. If, those, if you want to see past episodes, um, there's a link that'll show you all the past episodes. I think it lets you watch one for free. And then if you want to join as a member, you can actually join for free for a month. And then after that, it starts charging you monthly. So you can decide if you want to continue doing it and look at all the past shows. And we've had amazing people like Adam to join us. And now thank you everyone for joining us. Look forward to seeing you on a future episode of Thought Leader Life. No, damn, almost made it to the end. Almost made it to the end. <laughs> uh, and and this, one, this one's actually in Facebook Live. I'll take it out. Okay, we'll, we'll do it one more time. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on a future episode of Grow Your 1099. Better? <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. <laughs> this is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grow Your 1099, where Josh Jones and I are helping to propel the door-to-door -door sales industry as one that's a great occupation. To learn more about Grow Your 1099, Go to http colon slash slash aha dot pub slash grow your 1099. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to aha that dot com slash author, where you can also find a link to book strategy session. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.